The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, for Sean Jackson. Ah, yeah. Oh, man, I was running. Uh, it's the captain, 93.7 ticket. I was thinking to myself, DP, I just had the legend, Steve Taylor, in here. Mm. I, why, come, why would I interview him? I don't know. Why did you let him leave? I didn't. He's on his way back. I was going to say, you let him leave. Yeah, no, I did not. No, okay. I did not. No, I, I, did was, not. I was wondering what was going on. One of my favorite quarterbacks, by the way. Yeah, like I was trying to figure out how you did it. I was like, what is going on? One of my favorite quarterbacks, by the way. Don't use my paper, man. We need that paper. Did you put your name? Yeah, you know. I got some questions. You know, we'll make it work. Yeah, partner. But I feel like you do. Yeah, you got to interview him. Yeah, I got to interview him, but, you know, I'm a little sideways, too. Oh. I got businesses and stuff going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The radio is great and all. Believe me, it's great. (laughs) It's great, but... uh. Coach Jackson, by the way, uh, could be doing a lot of other things. Uh-huh. So, you know, this is a it's a blessing to be able to do this and to talk. I love to talk, of course. Can't you tell? What? Can't you tell? I didn't know that. I'm always happy, though. Nick, what do we got? Let's get you some get happy no music. music on, man. You ain't get no music in the joint. Right, man, the energy is off, man. It's when off, you ran out, well, he's got to get ready for Steve. It's off, man. He's got to get ready for I Steve. I got a woosah. You you gotta let him get ready for Steve. He had to he had to put Steve on the everybody link. Everybody in the listen on the stream. I just want everybody to make sure we send in positive vibes to Trev Alberts. Um, you know, he walked into a bee's nest as far as you know the athletic department and what some of the things that he's had to deal with. And so I, I just want to say shout out to the other thirty four for all that he's doing and all that he's going to continue to do. And send some love his way, y'all. There's a lot of stuff that he's got going, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, Trev is uplifted in whatever he's got going because he has a big job. As I said earlier today, I want everybody to get ready. 50,000 feet. He's got to be up there get ready. looking down. Steve, thanks for coming. Get back. ready. Thank, thanks for coming, joining yeah. me on the Capitol yeah. Show. Yeah, I, my, my wife can wait 15 minutes for lunch. Oh, dang. I'm sorry. I think she can wait. Miss Taylor. Miss <laughs> Taylor. Miss Taylor, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I would never want to have you wait 15 minutes. Uh, if he would have told me that, I probably would have said, just come back another day. But I was thinking when I had the great, when we had our, we was in here, I was thinking to myself, I said, now wait a minute. 
I don't know if Steve really understands how big of a fan Rashawn Jackson has been of Steve Taylor as far as what you did on the football field for Nebraska and yeah. for the state of Nebraska. So, first of all, I want to say shout out to you. Thank you for inspiring a young man like me to want to be great like you and not maybe All-American great, but great in my own sense no. and in my own right. And so I appreciate that. And I, the same thing I told Reggie Cooper, you know, who was my favorite defender yeah. back then. Was uh, and I said this when we played Killed the Man, Killed the Man, or Killed the Man, <laughs> however you want to put it. Um, if I was on offense, I was Steve Taylor. If I was on defense, I was uh, Reggie Cooper. So, you know, it, it means a lot to me to be able to talk to someone who's been there, who's done that, who helped pave the way for a young guy like myself from Omaha to be excited about football, to want something different. Being well, stop it, from, stop it. You're going to make me cry. That's what I'm trying everyone, to do. Everyone, I'm waiting every, for you to cry. Everyone knows I cry all the time. I'm waiting, so for, you to, I'm waiting for you to cry no, so no, I can stop. No, but the reason, the reason why I would cry, dude, is because, because I have the same respect for the 94, 95, 97 guys. I mean, so uh, I feel the same way because we're all Huskers. And uh, you guys did something that we came up short. But uh, so by, by you – and. Like, like the other day when we were talking, and uh, you were talking about the the, uh, the game chat you guys did before the game right. in the locker room. You said, you guys didn't do the day-by-day. Day. And I was like, no, dude. I thought Bo Pelini <laughs> started that, right? <laughs> no, that's when the cat got yeah. out. That's no, when the no, cat got let no. out the bag when so, Bo Pelini so was here. So when, when you were telling me that, dude, I was I felt so pumped. And it was, it was just an awesome thing. I wish we would have had something like that. But I was glad. And happy that you guys had that because, to me, a guy by the name of Broderick Thomas who once said, this is our house, these are my keys, and Coach Osborne gave that platform to the players. When I used to talk to, when I talked to Keith McCant and he talked about the Unity Council, how they created that, how that evolved, you know. So, do I, I got much respect for anyone who ever played for the Scarlet and Cream and especially for by you guys doing what you did because it was years and years of hard work from every player, from every coach. Like, I, I told everyone, I said, I knew Coach Osborne was going to get his national championship. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, but let's you know. forget about the best. No, no, dude, no. That, 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 right that now, I want no, 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 to ask Steve Taylor my questions that I ask okay. all the legends. All right. I, I okay. don't care about the national championship. Well, I Guess do. What? I do. No, I do. Right now, right now, <laughs> okay, right, right now, okay. we want to talk Steve Taylor. Who recruited you? How did you make it to Nebraska? I have – my story is one of the – Best stories you can ever have. I was I live I moved to Southern California and lived with my coach. I was I lived in Fresno, California. The, the head coach the head coach in Edison took the job in San Diego, and he asked me to come live with him. And uh, he sat on a different platform or a platform of stage like like San Diego. You can probably go to any school that you maybe want to go to with your skill set. So I did my thing. We're going to football camp up in Cal. And we're driving in the car, and he said, "Hey, Steve." He said, "Okay, so what's your first choice? The schools you want to go, the schools you want to go to?" And I said, "University of Nebraska Lincoln." I had just seen them play in the '83, '84 inch Orange Bowl, and then they later played in the in the Sugar Bowl when they played LSU. He said, "Okay, when I get back, we're going to put together three or four or five game tapes, and we're going to send them off to Nebraska." So that's fine. So I go to Cal, do the quarterback deal, come back. Uh, about three weeks later, I get a letter back from Steve Peterson, who was a recruiting recruiting coordinator, and said, "Hey." Uh, Steve, we're only going to take one quarterback in this class. You're our guy. So on my first choice, I got to go to the school I wanted to go to. That was University of Nebraska-Lincoln. So all the other stuff was just gravy. I just had a great time. So that's how that's how it all started. 
And then once I met Coach Darlington, who recruited Southern California, mm-hmm. drove me around his car and everything, and Coach Osmond obviously made a visit and everything, I just hit the jackpot. Not You don't really hear that story about guys get to go to the school or their first choice, and then also they have all these big dilemmas about do I go to SC, UCLA, do I go to Alabama or Georgia? I never had those conflicts. You know, so I just told Coach Osborne, I'm going to take my other four visits because I'm going to have a party and have a good time because I live with my coach and I was on the lock and key. You know, so th- that's my story. And it was just great. And I got so much fan fan, fan mail and from the state of Nebraska and everything. And I used to sit in my, in my, in my, in my, in my room when I was in high school and I had Coach Osborne, I had Mike Rozier, and Turner had all these pictures and Husker stuff all around my wall. So for me, it was just a great experience. And uh, obviously, not obviously, but I was lucky to have some success here and, and, um, and it was great. I tell you the one thing I like about my recruiting year, University of Washington was my second choice, and they actually wrote me a letter because I was National Player of the Week at my first start in Nebraska. They actually wrote me a letter congratulating me on my performance, and uh, they thought I would do well. And th- that was a cool thing to do. That was, a, that was a cool thing for a coach to take the time and do. So, mm-hmm. um, so my, my, my recruiting experience was absolutely aw- awesome. And, uh, so you, you get here, what, 1985 or 84? We, at that time, we came up early, um, Broderick, myself, and Leroy Tian, because at that time we had the number two or number three recruiting class in the country. I mean, we had some pretty stout players. Cleo Rice was in there as well. So we came up early in the summer, which at that time players, players didn't do at that time. Mm-hmm. It's a different story now. But we came up early in the summer because we kind of had that confidence, that kind of swag, and we couldn't wait to get started. And uh, so we all met each other. The, the summer of that year before we before we enrolled in school. We hung out for about a month or two. You get here at 84, quarterbacks yeah. you mentioned. Uh, Turner Gill was on his way out. McCathern Clayton was still yeah. here. Wendell Wooten was, was a big-time What was the other quarterbacks? Wendell Wooten. He was – it's funny because I didn't really – I met – I saw Wendell when I came up my recruiting trip, but he at that time they were red-shirting. At that time you came, you played in the freshman team, then you red-shirt the following year, so he wasn't playing. But you know how it is, man. When you come out of high school, you don't you don't really care who's there because you think you're the best. You think mm-hmm. you're gonna play regardless. It may behoove you to look who they signed a year before, you know. But uh, you know, so yeah, they were all there, and uh, it was just a matter of just lining up and play and competing. Who who went? How was practice back then? Practice back then, you know, it was it was fun. It, I, I enjoyed I mean, it. Was it, I'm saying I mean, competition. You know, oh, as far as competing, oh, it was how, how level of, of competition, no. what was that level like back no, then? No, it, it, it was stout. Um, you know, you had the best guy before you, the year recruited. Mickey Joseph came in a year after me. He was the best player out of Louisiana. Matt McCathlin was everything. Wendell was absolutely stunning when he was, when he was in, uh, in Texas. But it was, it, was, it was competitive. And uh, so you just had to fight for what you want. And um, that just raised the bar. Uh, they were intense. Um, and you just have to fight. Why, to why do you, you know, because me being raised in that era, I, I watched all the Nebraska games. That's all we had. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. didn't get Absolutely. nobody else. You didn't get – I'm trying to think of what college you could have got back then. Yeah, none. Nebraska. So, not being able to get – I know it was heartbreak all the time, you know, going from 84 to 87, not winning yeah. them bowl games. Oh, how yeah. tough was those? And what was the right. conversation as to the next year, how we get back? Yeah. Well, we – um. I was a Sugar Bowl MVP my sophomore year. We played LSU, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and there's only really two games I wish I can have back, and one would be the uh, the, the, uh, the o- obviously the game of the century, too, the Oklahoma game, and we lost to them. 
But the Florida State game that we played them in the Fiesta Bowl, because mm. uh, I opened up with Florida State my sophomore year. First night game at Nebraska, blah, blah, blah. I was National Player of the Week. Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. McManus, all those guys, right? And then we played them in the, in, in the, uh, in the Fiesta Bowl my junior year. And uh, we had that game won. We're on, we're on the, everyone knows the story of that game. We're on the one-yard line with two minutes left, and we score, we go up by 11. You know, uh, Unfortunately, we had a fumble, and they do their magical thing with penalties, and, and they, they fourth and 22, and Danny McManus throws a skinny post and win the, win the Fiesta Bowl. We would have had back-to-back bowl victories, you know, and we had outside chance for a national championship that year. So, um, so we won our fair share of bowl games. I came in late my freshman year against Michigan off the off the bench mm-hmm. and almost brought us back home when we lost there. So, but unfortunately, Nebraska we just did we didn't win that big game, which is a national championship game, which mm-hmm. we played some pretty stout teams like the Oklahomas who won it actually. So uh, we were close, but we just we just came up short, and that's why, like I said, it was so nice to see those teams like what you were part of go and do what you did. I remember being in Canada in, in my living room watching that game. Mm-hmm. You know, I helped recruit Tommy Frazier, you know. So um, it was nice seeing that come and flourishing, especially in Miami and, and the way it happened. So it was just a great day to be a Husker, and uh, we, finally, we finally got it done. With you being around here for as long as you've been here, being able to see the different coaching changes from Solich to uh, Callahan to Pellini to Riley, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like a lot. When you go and you, you there's two coaches we can kind of exclude off that list, which would be Solich and Pellini, because they won, right? Yes. They won. Yes. I mean, the, the, despite the problems that persisted in those eras, they won. But here, here, here's, here's, what I w- here's what I would say to that, and this is why I love Nebraska, and this is why I love that man, Coach Osmond. He's one of the greatest coaches, obviously, but even as a, as, as a, as a person – it was more football was more than winning and he had his book so although we may have won technically that wasn't the most important thing Mm -hmm. it was how you did it and how you went about it how you carried your team what type of leadership so yeah those coaches may have had winning records and they did some good things don't misunderstand me Mm -hmm. but there are some other things that i wasn't so proud of with, with some things that had happened so um, you talking so as far as that's with, how with Pellini I see, and Solich? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, like, well, Solich is a different thing, right? Because um, he won football games. At that time, I had played eight or nine years in the CFL, Canadian Football League. We threw the ball four or five times, right? I was lucky enough to play as long as I did because I could throw the football. But when I got to camp, I was so far behind other quarterbacks; it was ridiculous. I mean, my, my because of the style that we played at because of the style that we play, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I say this all the time. We and you look at the history. We had a few sprinkles here and there. Tom Rathman and um, and um, the running back um, help me out here. Roger Craig. Roger Craig are exceptions to the rule, right? Are exceptions to the rule. But unfortunately, because of the style of play that we had offensively and even defensively, even defensively, we didn't really have a true representative in the at the pro level that we should have had with the type of talent that we should have had. Because there's a reason why running backs didn't do well in the, pro, in the pro ranks. You don't pick up blitzes. You don't catch the football. You don't do those type of things, right? Mm. Offensive linemen, you're crab blocking. You're not pass protection. You know, you're not up on a two-point stand. I'm not offensive lineman. You're not doing that kind of stuff, right? So that hindered their chance to go to the next level. Now, we had some exceptions. Irving Fryer was an exception to the rule. Great talent, punt returner, all that kind of stuff. But we had too many great players that would not have opportunity to go play at the next level simply because of the offense that we ran. 
and I I saw that and I experienced that and I went through it. So we needed to get away from the true triple option. Well, you you yeah. saying you you guys better off going because I always talked about seeing those guys at even receiver. tight ends. We had our ex, you know, exceptions to the rule. Right. No, but I'm saying seeing those receivers out there. With their hand down. Three-point stance. Yeah, three-point stance. <laughs> I always thought – because one of the things you talked about was was evolve. You know, mm-hmm. you said Coach Osborne evolved, and he, he became who he was over yeah. time being t- tried and, and tested. In the climate that we're in right now at Nebraska football, which the, 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 the football program is being tried and tested right yeah. now, what do, you, what do you speak? What do you say to Coach Frost? How do you turn the ship from kind of having a mentality – of not getting it done when we need to get it done to making sure that we get the ga- the games we're supposed to win, yes. we win. Yes. You know, there's no question that there's more parity throughout collegiate sports. Uh, you know, and this is, what I, this is what I say to people all the time. The only reason why I came to Nebraska was because, well, one of the main reasons was because they won football games. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would not have been on my list. There's the weather, the climate, which I was too young to really – I used to think it was fun to play in the cold and rain. I wouldn't do that for anything in the world now, and snow and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as far as the diversity in our state, uh, we're challenged by that. You know, Lincoln, Omaha is a little better, but we're challenged by that. Um, so we don't really have, unfortunately, much to offer a young kid coming out of school um, as far as athletics. I mean, so that makes it more. Extre- that makes it even tougher for Nebraska to be competitive on a national mm-hmm. scale. And you also talk about financially now with this NIL. You know, mm-hmm. we're really mm-hmm. going to have to compete to compete with those larger markets for, for endorsements and, and for the NIL. So we have a huge challenge in front of us. So um, they're going to have to be very astute on the players that they recruit, um, give them opportunity that they fit in what they're trying to do, um, you know, and, and grow it that way, grow it from, from inside out. And then hopefully once you start winning, it makes things a whole lot easier for those players to come. So they have a tall task in front of them. And, and I, I've been saying this for almost two decades. Because mm-hmm. um, at one time, if you are, quote, an African-American quarterback or, or a mobile quarterback, you know, your schools are somewhat limited. You know, but in the last 20 years, you can go anywhere and play in, in the country and play quarterback. You know, so Nebraska doesn't have that advantage anymore. That makes it even tougher. You know, so um, – we got a lot of work to do, and mainly we're going to have to win, and they're just going to have to buckle down, recruit the right players for their program, develop them, be consistent. You can't keep having turnover and turnover mm-hmm. and try to build this thing back up. And we as players, we have to come together. I know we've got some great players that played here that have some kids that are not playing on our roster. They should be here. So they need to take the time to evaluate those players, recruit those players, and sign them. You know, we shouldn't have legacies going to other schools. Mm-hmm. You know? Speaking of legacy, yes, Nate the Skate said, "Nate's my boy." Nate the Skate said, "Steve was my host." Yes, tell Taylor made the Skate said, "What's up? We yeah. have to golf soon." Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, that that's a prime example right there. That dude was, he was so talented that Nebraska didn't know what to do with him. That's the truth. He could have played running back. He could have played. He did play wing back. He was that talented, but our offense limited him than how we can get him the football and what we can do. Mm. You know, that Nate was a true talent. He ended up playing, still playing in the NFL with, with the Bills, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. with, with limited, you know, skill set here at Nebraska. You know, so all those things that have changed now, and uh, that's why this university could be great. But Nate, Nate's a great guy, and 
and uh, no, I've known him for years, and yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Do you think that uh, Coach Gill becoming the quarterbacks coach has something to do with the change in in direction? <laughs> Don't get me started on that. That's a whole nother conversation. I mean, what do you, I mean, <laughs> what do you, I mean, briefly. Really? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, give me a brief. I, I mean, at the end of the day, listen. At the end of the Steve, day, you you came in in, yeah. in, in, in the, in the mid '80s where Nebraska football was a power. Yes, you guys were a power. It wasn't no pro. It wasn't no. I mean, and you can't think back to when Nebraska wasn't a power. Yes. Okay. So now to be able to get your opinion on some of this stuff that 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 took place, not to mention the fact that again you played in yeah. the era where the receivers were in the three point stance. Yeah. And still threw for over four thousand yards, or two, you know, four. How many of you was, you I'm, became an All American doing? No, it? I, I'm going to say this, and I always try to be careful on what I say. And, mm -hmm. and people who know me, people would always say that. I, I try to shoot it like it is, and and that's why when you talked about Solage, one of, one of the one of the things I did not did not agree with or like about Solage was that he did not hire Turner Gill as offensive coordinator. Mm. That was a major thing with me. There was no one at that time more talented, more prepared than Turner Gill to be the offensive coordinator at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Mm. You had a guy who started, who played here, who starred here, who was under the, the mentorship or tutelage of Coach Osborne. You know, he coached Tommy Frazier, Eric Crouch. He coached all those great quarterbacks. No one knows, knew the system better than Turner Gill. Mm -hmm. No one had, quote, wet the seals more than Turner Gill. That's putting true. your time in, right? So well, coach, coaching the coaching the quarterbacks yeah, that he coached. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so right. for whatever reason, unless and unless Turner just simply turned it down, which I can't imagine he would do, there's no reason why he should not have been the offensive coordinator at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. And that just always it perturbed me and it upset me because Coach Osborne was the offensive coordinator under Bob Devaney. Even if you look at the the historic way of how Nebraska became successful. That was Coach Osborne. That was Coach Osborne's gateway to get to where he was, and there was no one. And I even went to Turner about this. There was no one in a better position than Turner Gill. So, um, and, and I thought Solis, if he would have stayed, he was the best running backs coach in the world. Solis was and awesome, he, and, and I just no, think no. that you Sol know, Solis was awesome. He, he, so game manager, yeah, no, be a game like, manager. When, when he got, when he got the head coaching job, didn't question it. Thought it was a great thing to do. We're continuing that tradition. We're continuing that. You know. And Coach Osborne handed the baton to him. So I would, would have thought that Solich, whenever the time came, that he would pass that to Turner Gill if Turner Gill wanted it. I mm -hmm. can't speak for him. I would but imagine he would want it because he went I, on to be a head coach. I, I would think so. That's yeah. what boggles my mind. I would think so. But for whatever reasons, he was not hired as the offensive coordinator. And that, that didn't – honestly, that did not set well with me. Mm -hmm. It really well, did I not. Mean, I mean, it Steve, you don't well have – you've never had an African-American coach at any – any head coaching position here, which is at the university, that's a different conversation. That's sad, and it's right, but well, that's that. But that's another reason why I'm so disappointed in the way that came about. Yeah, because Turner Gill could have been that next head coach. I don't want to get into the color thing, but he could have earned it, mm -hmm. and he could have been. It could have been a natural progression. Mm -hmm. So that's my beef. That's really my only beef with the thing when Solis was here that that Turner was not the. The offensive coordinator, and, right. I, and, and I, I, I told and Turner that was going to hurt him in the future. Yeah, I and told I, him that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to me, I still, even though he didn't give it to, to Coach Gill on that, he on didn't that have to platform, give the platform. Yeah, they we're still winning. 
and you took a winning coach. I'm just talking to okay, the talking, of what we're, talking, we're going, talking, what's talking, going on today. Yeah, talking wins and losses. Right. So he was a winning coach that got fired from the Rascals. Yes. We hired a, a, a career 500 coach that didn't do much, but he recruited great. Got to give well, Callahan. Now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Callahan because and I. I'm assuming he recruited great. I'm a, I'm a, and I, we've had this conversation. Like I say, I call it like it is, and because my loyalty is to the end, it's the University of Nebraska mm-hmm. Lincoln, right? That's what my you're gonna get my you're gonna have my loyalty, you're gonna have my trust until you violate that trust, right? So unfortunately, Callahan did not get the years that he needed to get to get the program going. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I disagree to that. Well, no, no, we, I was we, around, no, I was we, around the program during no, those times. No, we can disagree, right? But no, but saying, listen, but though, listen, though. He only had so, four years. So yeah, but he he turned around and dismantled things and traditions that was at Nebraska from from taking it from the South Stadium to the North Stadium. Well, I'm gonna I'm correct you on that because that is not true. Okay. Because that was the perception. I, what do you mean? It was the perception, right? That, that what? That he that Callahan did what he did, right? So let let me. I'm he went say, to a pro style approach. No, we needed to make that transition. Nah, no, no. Nah. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why we needed to make that transition. Don't because worry. if I was a quarterback at that time, things have changed on the landscape. If I was a quarterback at that time, that if I had the opportunity to go to a school that had a West Coast offense or threw the football or one that ran the football conservatively. I'm going to the school that's going to throw the football because I'm going to have the opportunity to go to the next level. So I was perfectly pleased with going to that, going to that transition. It needed to happen. Otherwise, we'd have, we would have continued to get lost in the shuffle. Well, so that, that you, you can't, we, we continued to get lost no, in the no, shuffle. No, 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 we no, got Bo Pelini back. No, no, no. Bo didn't. Pelini didn't lose less than nine games. I'm just speaking football. I'm not talking about him, the person. Okay. I'm talking about Bo Pelini, the coach. Bo Pelini started bringing former players back. Husker Nation, that was during Bo Pelini's era. True. Callahan was not a former player guy unless you were in the NFL. Okay? Um, And so then we move into we fired another winning coach. So now we get into Mike Riley, right? Mike Riley did some good stuff. I think he did some good stuff. But how many years did he get? Riley? Yeah. He got three. It, the, the leash is getting shorter and shorter, so we thought, right? Oh. Because now here we are, last four years. I, I'm, you talking about? We talking about wins and losses now. <laughs> I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about wins yes. and losses. Yes. We fired Solich. He was nine and three. Yes. And by no means am I talking about firing Coach Frost. But I think Coach has he had he had to deal with all the stuff that. All these coaches had to, you see what you see how to snowball. So when he when he gets here, he got a choice. Now, being four years of losing, mm-hmm. you can probably win or go home. I think that's where it's at. Now is the time to win. How do we win, Steve Taylor? How do we change the narrative? <laughs> you really have to. You really, you have to listen to what you're saying, VJ. Okay. One minute, one one account you're saying you're fine coaches that have nine plus wins or more. You're, and then you're 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 firing coaches that have, Riley and Callahan. If you look on paper, records are better than Frost. Correct. There's no. I don't think Frost needs to get fired. So I'm yeah, not, that's I'm, that's, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm saying. No, no, I'm not I'm, worried I'm, about I, that. I, I just no, said that. No, no. All I'm saying is that there's been many many mistakes. This is all hindsight. Okay, so listen, Steve. Hold that thought. Okay. Let's take it a break. We'll be right back. Ninety-three point seven. The ticket. On with Steve Taylor, the captain. <laughs> 